what's happening everybody welcome back to the mental health casual podcast and the actual mental health casual podcast not just me answering questions on reddit because i you know because i don't have enough um content to really talk about uh and you know actually that's kind of partially true um first off i wanted to i wanted to highlight a couple things um i want to talk about a couple things maybe i should start off with um let me start off with one thing real quick if you guys don't know who candace horbach is uh, I think that I said her last name right. Um, you know, I, I've been, you know, so I. This is kind of embarrassing, but you know, I used to watch a lot of porn back in the day, like a lot. And you know, I, I'm into, <laughs> I'm into, you know, Japanese women. And I found this girl that you know looked like a half Japanese girl. Turns out she is, um, you know, named Ava Lovia. And I was like, oh man, this is really cool. And a lot later down the road, I think maybe about a year maybe maybe a year ago i found you know i saw her on youtube i was like what's going on here and anyway she has a, a podcast called Can- chatting with candace which is her real name right um and i you know she's doing all kinds of great things now she's you know she's got like everybody from like uh, chris williamson from modern wisdom she had gets add on um you know a lot of these really great guests and i was like oh my god this is this is really crazy, you know, and, you know, she was just talking to the guy from Modern Wisdom, Chris Williamson. She was talking about, you know, like, oh, my God, this is, um, you know, it's crazy to see somebody a lot like me where, you know, I had this past identity and a lot of people can't really let go of that. And now I'm doing this with and uh, kind of going into this intellectual sphere, right? Uh, because that's kind of what the, her podcasting is, right? She talks to a lot of intellectuals. Although she, I mean, she does talk a lot to people uh, from her her old industry and all that kind of stuff, uh, talking to porn stars and all that stuff. But, um, you know, she's a very smart woman. And it was interesting to me to think about my own biases against her at first, because when I first saw this podcast, I was like, oh, let me let me see what she she's talking about. Maybe she's just, you know, I mean, very basic level. Maybe she's just just giving advice on sex and all that kind of stuff. But um, it became a lot more than that. It became uh, it became her kind of showing this intellectual side of her um showing that she is interested in this whole sphere and actually interested in a lot of the same things that i am interested in so um yeah shout out to her i'm, I'm gonna leave a link in the description box down below if you guys want to check out her channel her podcast is called chatting with candace and um you know she's a much bigger podcast than i am but uh you know i just wanted to kind of shout her out here because she's doing uh, a lot of really good stuff and um you know it does bring i, I think it brings a lot of uh I guess hope for people that are in a previous industry um, going into another industry, you know, and that they can really leave that past behind them. You know, I think that's why I created so many podcasts is that I don't want to just be known for one single thing. That's why I have an anime channel, this channel, um, a casual bros, bros podcast, right? Um, where I kind of just talk shit the whole entire time. Uh, just because I didn't want to be put into one single box. And I think that's kind of important for a lot of people out there to realize that you don't just have to put yourself in this one box. And, you know, just being mental health casual would have just kind of kept me confined to the mental health world, which, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a problem with. But I think there's there's a lot that can happen if you just keep your eyes, you know, just keep your eyes in there, right? You only see mental things through a mental health lens and you're never really going outside of that lens and you know yeah it can be a dark place if you if you don't ever get out of it so um you know it's a it's a you know it's it's an interesting conversation to have but anyway uh you know i just wanted to kind of give her a shout out first um so anyway today's episode i wanted to talk about um alcoholism and i brought up a couple of 
couple of um, articles here. I'm trying to think of which one I want to start with first. Um, yeah, maybe I should start off. So I, I brought up in uh, this is from and also these links will be in the description as well. If you want to check out these articles, if maybe you guys are thinking, uh, you know, maybe questioning whether or not you do have an alcohol use disorder. Um, so th this is this first article that I'm going to be reading from is, oh my God, I just uh, clicked on something else. <laughs> clicked on a pop-up by accident, or not pop-up, uh, one of their ads on here. Um, this is from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, or uh, NIA, <laughs> I don't like that acronym. Uh, just, <laughs> I'm just going to call it by that. Um, Anyway, uh, so, you know, I just wanted to kind of read some of these because I don't think a lot of people take these into consideration when they are um, drinking profound or, uh, you know, not profound, uh, a <laughs> profuse amount of alcohol. So, um, yeah, so th these are the alcohol's effects on the body. And, um, you know, this is a .gov place, so you know it's true. No. <laughs> um, but th these are pretty, like, common sense, but I don't feel like a lot of people want to face these facts as well. Um, but, yeah, let me go and read you some of this. So, um starts off with drinking too much on a single occasion over or over time can take a serious toll on your health. Here's how alcohol can affect your body, your brain. Alcohol interferes with the brain's communication pathways and can affect the way the brain looks and works. These disruptions can change mood and behavior and make it harder to think clearly and move with coordination. So yeah, no shit, right? Like, <laughs> um, but I feel, you know, it's weird reading that from the other side. Because, you know, people, we, we kind of use like euphemisms like, oh, I'm just fucked up. Oh, I'm just, I'm feeling myself. Oh, I'm just, you know, you use euphemisms to kind of hide the fact that this is actually what's happening to you, right? Um, instead of facing the reality of the science behind it. Uh, let's go to the heart next. Uh, drinking a lot over a uh, long time or too much on a single occasion can damage the heart, causing problems including uh, cardiomyopathy, which uh, stretching and drooping of heart muscles. Uh, arrhythmias, uh, irregular heartbeat, stroke, high blood pressure. Um, you know, now I didn't, I don't know if I ever experienced any of these. Uh, I was probably too drunk to actually know. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see, especially the high blood pressure one. Um, you know, I guess that's pretty much with anything that, uh, you know, raises your heart rate like that. And, um, or not high your heart rate uh, that kind of puts you in, puts your heart at uh, risk like that. Right. Um, I, same thing with like fatty foods and all that, and like bad fatty foods, right? Like <laughs> not like fish and all those other ones that are in uh, mega, uh, mega fatty asses, but actual fatty foods and all that kind of stuff. Um, your liver, of course, right. Heavy drinking takes a toll on the liver and can lead to a variety of problems and liver inflammations, including uh, steatosis or fatty liver, um, alcohol, alcoholic uh, hepatitis, fibrosis and cirrhosis right um and I, I i was debating on whether i wanted to bring this up so i there's a comedian that i really like and i don't want to make it seem like i'm calling him out but there is this comedian named burt kreischer if you guys don't know who he is he does a lot of podcasting right now you can check out the burt cast he does one with bill burr called the bill uh, actually i don't know what they're <laughs> i don't know what their their uh, one's called i think it's literally called the bill and burt cast but um and then he does you know i think my favorite of his podcast which is uh two bears one cave with tom segura over on uh, your mom's house network um so yeah he does a lot of that but uh, yeah i he's one of the my favorite comedians that i've ever seen live uh because i got to see him live in san jose and he's really known for this party party boy uh thing you know kind of uh, persona and i think i think i'd heard that van wilder was actually based off of him uh you know because he was 
you know, he was in college for so long and just partying so much. And, um, but you know, he actually has uh, had like fatty liver and all this stuff. And, um, you know, it, it always kind of worries me that, you know, he's going way too hard cause he's, he's a middle-aged man now. And so are close to it at least. Um, and you know, drinking the way that he drinks, cause he drinks like I used to drink like a lot, right. We're to the point where, you know, he can't get on a plane without drinking a bunch. He can't do this without drinking a bunch. You know, it, it, it gets to the point where it becomes, you know, when does it become a little too much? Um, and it's funny because, you know, it, that's the problem, right? Is he's so funny that it makes it seem like less of a problem. But I think you also have to acknowledge some of the problems that do come with it because it's not like no problems are going to come out of it. Right. Even though he can quit for a certain amount of time, he usually goes back right back to it at certain points. So, um, yeah, definitely like a problematic thing, but you know, ultimately I, you know, I think all you can do is really pray at that point that nothing happens to him. Cause you know, he's a very funny guy and you know, hopefully, hopefully he keeps going along with it. But, um, you know, I, I think you should also be realistic. I'm speaking to now everybody, right? Not just him. Uh, you should be realistic about the things that happen to you and just thinking that this, this is oh this can't happen to me because you know every now and then it doesn't happen right it, it you know you have people that have been smoking for uh you know you have an old guy that's smoked you know smoked four times a day ever since he was or all the way up to the point where he's like a hundred and something right and people just think oh yeah that's i got this right like i can just do that and it's very special cases where it's like that right so uh, yeah, let's let's look at a couple more things. Alcohol causes the pancreas to produce toxic substances that can eventually lead to pancreatitis, a dangerous inflammation and swelling of the blood vessels in the pancreas that prevents proper digestion, um, and then cancer and you know all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to kind of uh, talk about that. Uh, another one, that interesting one that I don't think a lot of people talk about is the immune system. Right, uh, drinking too much can weaken your immune system, making your body a much easier target for disease. Chronic drinkers are more liable to contract diseases like pneumonia and tuberculosis than people who do not drink too much. Drinking a lot in a sing on a single occasion slows your body body's ability to ward off infections, even up to twenty four hours after getting drunk. Right, and that's something that I definitely found out like the hard way whenever I would go out. And um, I think the other like adding on to that is you don't really when you're really drunk, you don't realize what environmental changes there are, right? Like when you go inside the club, it's all nice and warm because there's all this body heat and all that kind of stuff. And then you're so drunk, you just go outside where it's freezing cold. And you're like, ah, I don't need a jacket. Fuck this. And then, you know, you end up the next day and you got like a stuffy nose and, you know, all this kind of stuff. You don't really take into, into consideration all of the factors that are playing um, when you're, when you're drunk like that, right. You just want to, Oh, I want to hop to, let's hop to the next bar. Let's hop to the next bar. Right. And you know, I, the reason I guess why I'm so negative on drinking is because everybody else is so positive on it. I think you need like another, another side coming in and being like, Hey, let's, let's also look at some of the, the bad things. But I, I think that's a similar thing to marijuana, right? Like I'm, Whenever I tell people like I, I was addicted to marijuana at one point, like they just it kind of throws them off because they're used to a certain narrative of like, oh, yeah, but marijuana is not addictive and it's not like this. Well, it's a it's a it's a habit, right? You can get addicted to anything. You know, Facebook isn't uh, doesn't have any addictive chemicals going into your brain, but your brain produces addictive chemicals that make you want to keep going to that thing. Right. So it's a similar thing. And, you know, especially since you're getting high, of course, you're going to. It, of course, somebody with an addictive personality could really, you know, kind of gravitate towards that. And so this is where I wanted to get into the next article, which is from um, alcohol.org. 
um you know i wonder i wonder how long it took him to find that yeah right um so yeah this is from the american addiction centers alcohol.org um you know because i was a binge drinker right like i i wouldn't drink too much during the week um every now and then i think i would take uh, if, if i'm remembering right i think it was wednesday i would drink really hard because or wednesday or thursday because my friend uh, my friend and i would just get drunk. I would go over to his house. I'd Uber over to his house, get drunk, and then we'd go to work the next day. And since we were companions and stuff, it was like, oh yeah, like I, you know, we just got drunk. That was a crazy night, right? And you know, we both kind of shared the misery together of going to work the next day, uh, hang hung over. Um, but uh, yeah, but then on the weekends, man, it was that's when all of a sudden, you know, six packs of IPA. And for people that are not aware, IPA stands for Indian India Pale Ale. And we're, those are usually some of the strongest beers, um, them and stouts. And um, yeah, most of the IPAs are some of the strongest beers. Of course, you do have like these, um, these 7-Eleven ones where, it, you know, they're like some ungod amount, ungod, you know, ungodly amount, like, like four locos and all that other stuff that can push over 10%. Uh, alcohol levels and for people that are wondering uh you know usually coronas and stuff like the the very generic beers that you see people like drink like eating tacos with and all that stuff uh usually around like five percent whereas ipas like they usually hover around 6.5 percent but the ones that i was drinking you were usually around around like eight percent then even then i could drink like a six pack and still be like hey you know when are we going to the club like that was what i would do that's what i would uh pre-game with and so it got to the point where, yeah, you know, when you when you think about it, like in that perspective, like me looking back now, I'm just like, you know, I used to think like, oh, yeah, I'm just a big guy. Like it won't have the same effect on me. And, you know, granted, it, just because I was a big guy, that just meant I could just drink a lot more. Uh, it didn't mean that I didn't have the I didn't get the, um, you know, the terrible side effects that came with it. So um, let's uh, let me read this from alcohol.org. This is just saying, you know, what is an alcohol use disorder? Alcohol, uh, although alcohol use disorder, AUD, can only be diagnosed by licensed healthcare provider. Um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, or the DSM-5, right, um, has outlined diagnostic criteria that may indicate a person is struggling with alcohol use disorder. Um, if a person has experienced two or more of these criteria within the last 12 months, it may be... Uh, it may point to a pattern of problematic alcohol use. Um, and I really wanted to to go to this first one. Inability to cut down or control alcohol consumption despite persistent desire and or attempts to quit. Now, this is actually something that I, I saw a lot in marijuana usage, right? People would be like, oh, yeah, I can just quit whenever I want to, right? And then it's, you know, then you get the, you know, the quote unquote lamos and say like, well, why don't you do it now? And then it's just like, you know, all of a sudden people are like, you know, dumbfounded. It's like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like, you know, I got some some stuff planned today with friends and all that kind of stuff. And then it gets to the point where excuses start going down the line, right? And I'm not saying there aren't people that can do this, right? And I'm sure there are, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that just, you know, just smoke a, you know, have a have a hit or two, you know, on the weekends or something like that. And they're absolutely fine. But you have to realize with me, I got to the point where all of a sudden, you know, I was taking 500 milligram edibles and that was the only thing that could get me high. You know, it wasn't, you know, I couldn't even, I would smoke a whole blunt by myself. And, um, I get, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to quantify this for people that maybe don't know, but you know, for, you know, when you, you, you probably heard this, right. An eighth, right. An eighth of weed is 3.5 grams. And you know, that that's, that's a pretty good amount. You know, that costs about like 
it's usually about uh, ten dollars every gram. So three point five is about thirty five bucks to four. It can go all the way from thirty five bucks to sixty bucks if it's really good stuff. And you know a uh, and you know you usually you can use um, usually you can use like maybe point uh, maybe like a quarter of a gram in a bowl right in a bowl a bowl would be like when you pack the the bong or something like that and that can give you like i don't know five or six hits maybe um that's probably being generous but that's i'm just gonna round up a little bit um and you know usually a blunt you end up using a whole gram like nothing less than that usually you use a whole gram uh and you could even use a little bit more if you're using like a backwoods or something like that a very big blunt paper uh blunt rolling paper and you know i could smoke one of those and just be like you know now i'm starting to feel something but you know that's a really expensive that's ten dollars every single time you smoke right um and you know i guess you couldn't compare that to drinking you know now that i'm looking back at it when you go to the bar right you have to pay like what six eight six to eight dollars a drink um and you know the drinks that i were drink i was drinking were not very cheap but like right everything from um amf which stands for adios motherfucker which is like you know, five or six drinks that they just throw into this concoction. It's usually some effeminate color, like pink or something, or like light blue or something like that to kind of make it seem like it's less threatening than it actually is. But, you know, you drink like three or four of those and all of a sudden you end up buying drinks for the entire bar and, you know, you're down for $400 the next day. Um, you know, speaking from anecdotal evidence, of course. And, um, you know, that's one thing. So, yeah, the, the this desire when you have a desire to quit and you're not able to, that's when you should start thinking like, oh, like what I'm wanting and what I'm doing are not lining up with each other. That's when it starts to become a problem. That's what happened to me. Right. You know, even though I was seeing these patterns of things going wrong in my life and not and even though I wasn't attributing them to uh, or I would just wasn't attributing them to my alcohol use and the things that were going on. I was just like, oh yeah, I, you know, typical thing, right? I don't have a problem. No, I don't have a problem. I'm good. Everything's, you know, I could, you know, I, I, I'm a functioning alcoholic and that's a really big, that's a word that is thrown around a lot. And I think we have to kind of figure out that we have to kind of figure out that anything with the word alcoholic in it is problematic, right? Because when you say functioning alcoholic, it's like, oh yeah, I just have a problem. And it's on the side of what I'm doing. But I think as we I I'd mentioned in a previous podcast, right, um, when you start to get into the the that kind of accepting mood of it, you're only thinking about the short term of effects of it. Right. Oh, I still go to work every day. Oh, I still do this. I still do that. But I, I want to give you like an anecdotal uh, thing that I like uh, a, a story that I once heard. Right. Uh, when I was you know working at my old job, I remember I would, you know, drink all night and then you know i used to have to wait i have to i used to have to work at like 4 a.m something like that and sometimes i would stay up all the way to like one o'clock or 12 o'clock something like that and then just wake up at 3 30 and go to work and i'll be like man i can i can do this every single time i remember one day i was talking to uh you know somebody that was in there uh maybe like 60s 50s something like that and you know he was saying to me he's like you know what I remember I used to be able to any boots. He, he, I didn't, I hadn't really told him about this, but he's like, he just kind of was talking to me and he was just like, yeah, I remember I used to be able to just, you know, drink. I used to just be able to fall asleep at like one, wake up at five 30 and do that every single day and not feel anything. But now that I'm older, you know, it's just, if I don't get a good night's sleep, you can just, I can just feel it. And it's funny, even at the age of 
28 right now like i like it, it or 28 20 what, how old am i 28 29 something like that i don't really know anymore I, I stopped keeping track anyway um i started realizing that it was like oh man like i'm starting to like actually feel when i'm not um sleeping right i'm actually starting to feel uh when i'm not uh when I'm not getting the right uh, amount of carbs or in me or anything like that. Like I'm starting to actually feel some of the side effects of when I'm not taking care of myself. Whereas before, like, you know, I could eat, you know, I, I mean, I used to eat everything when I was like 18. Right. And just not feel any, not see any of the side effects because I was walking around and doing all this stuff. And, um, but you know, you can only keep up that life for so long. And even if you are getting regular exercise as your metabolism starts to go down, as you get older, it starts to get a lot uh, worse off for you. So, um, yeah. And so, I mean, the next point here is pretty similar, a craving or strong desire to use alcohol. See, even though I was a binge drinker, I was always looking forward to the weekend because I knew, you know, I knew that I was going to have some time to, to drink. Right. And I was just like, oh, man, it's time to time to go full speed ahead with this. And so, you know, I was always looking forward to that excuse to, to get drunk. And so, you know, I remember I went to a work party once and I was like, oh, there's there's alcohol here. Perfect. And you know, I would pregame because I didn't want to go there sober. You know, I didn't know how to deal with my coworkers sober or I didn't know how to deal with them outside of work sober. Right. Um, and so, you know, going to my first I remember when I quit drinking for the first time and uh, I had to go to a work event and I was just like, I don't know if anybody's going to accept me. And they were actually all really nice. You know, that was really cool to see. And I had actually somebody actually come came up to me and, you know, I'd mentioned how he, you know, used to. He used to do uh, some type of drug. He, he said he was a tweaker at one point, right? I was like, oh, man, that's pretty intense. I didn't expect to hear that from this person because they're very accomplished. And yeah, it was really cool to see that there had been similar journeys along the way. So um, let me see what's the next point here. Often consuming more alcohol than intended or drinking for longer than uh, for a longer time than intended. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, that's definitely something, right? Because I remember I remember one, t- uh, you know, one story. I remember I got this thing of sake. And, you know, because I was on a sake binge for some reason, and I just drank it straight out of a bottle, like, you know, like a, a wine looking bottle, like that's how big it was. I remember I drank so much and this was on like a work day too, right? I drank so much and I was just like, oh man, I need more. So I door dashed like more alcohol. I door dashed like another thing of sake and I was like, I was like, oh my God, I didn't expect to do that, right? It was, you know, I was pretty messed up from that first one. And then once I drank the next one, I just I blacked out and I couldn't remember anything and so, yeah, it, it became it got to a point where I was like, oh, man, like I need I need more because all of a sudden you start drinking. But once you once you're drunk, you're so in you're kind of doing things on on reflex in a way, at least I was. And so since I was so used to pounding alcohol back, you just you don't stop because you're you're now you're really dumb. Right. First off, you're really dumb and you're just like, oh, man, I need to. I need to drink more, I need to drink more, I need to drink more. And you just get into the habit and, you know, you get to the point where it's just like, oh, I can't stop. So um, or, you know, or you you end up passing out in the middle of a bar or something like that, you know, usual stuff. Um, Let's see. uh, What's the next? Oh, continue drinking in spite of repeated or ongoing issues with interpersonal relationships caused or exacerbated by alcohol. So, yeah, same thing. Right. Um, luckily I actually got to the point where, you know, more relationships were coming undone than were getting formed. And so I got to that point where I really had to become introspective and start thinking to myself, am I, are are there more cons to drinking alcohol than pros? And for me it was yes. So yeah, that was definitely a big turning point in this. Um, 
Uh, where the, where in the world is it? Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of time in spent is spent doing activities that involve drinking alcohol, getting alcohol, or recovering from its side effects. Yeah, so this was a really big thing, right? Um, hangovers, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also, you know, it, it, it's weird, right? When you start hanging out with friends that only do bar hopping or anything like that, it gets to the point where you only go out to places where there's alcohol within the vicinity, right? Even if you're not going to a bar per se, there's, oh, well, we can also go to a bar down the street, right? Or we can go here, we can go there. You know, it gets to the point where you're just like, it's just, you know, you just can't, um, you know, you can't do anything without alcohol. And, you know, I, I'm starting to see this now where all of a sudden people are just getting bored. And I think, you know, we'd read a Reddit post the other day, right? Where all the, the you know, this, per, this young person was like, you know, he couldn't even play guitar, the thing that he loved anymore without drinking because it became such so ingrained in his life that, you know, basically everything was just tied to it. It became a habit. And whenever you get, uh, whenever things become habit, um, especially if they're negative habits, it just becomes a part of you. And it's something that you need, you know, quote unquote, need to do in order to lead up to something. It's, and I had mentioned that it's kind of like a superstitious, right? But it basically superstition, like in, in embodied into your muscle memory and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely uh, pretty tough. So, yeah, it basically becomes a cycle of your life. Um, alcohol use leads to giving up or drinking or sorry, giving up or decreasing important occupational, social or recreational activities. So this one was not quite like me, but this definitely, I definitely saw this with marijuana because I didn't want to go out anywhere if I was stoned to the gills. But, you know, I, I had also mentioned right before, I, I've mentioned this in some podcasts that I've shown up on as guests where I was like, I was very addicted to the chaos of it all. So I would do it, then regret it because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I could talk to people. What if they know I'm high? And so you know, it got to the point where it was very exciting, but I definitely started to cut down on some of the activities because I just wanted to stay home and play video games and, you know, not saying there's too much of a difference now, but, you know, I think it's, it's, it was a lot worse back then, right? Like I wouldn't be doing, you know, I wouldn't even be doing podcasts right now like this um, if I was still smoking and still drinking like that, right? I might, I might just turn it on for fun and be like, oh my God, I gotta, gotta tell everybody about this crazy, uh, crazy, uh, you know, realization that I had, you know, those drunk realizations where it's like everybody knows that, but you you just think it's so profound all of a sudden, um, which is kind of funny because I do still have those realizations now. It's just from a philosophical point of view where you just start reducing things down to their 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 basic state. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is this is so crazy how basic it is. Like we're sitting on a chair, right? You start thinking about that and you're just like, isn't that crazy that we can sit on chairs and like our ancestors were, you know, like uh, crouching and all that kind of stuff and crouching next to a fire. And that's how they did it. And now our need, sorry, you can just go down the, the, the rabbit hole with this stuff. But, you know, now I have a natural tendency to do that instead of just doing it for the sake of, you know, being drunk and stupid. So um, now I'm just naturally stupid. So it works out pretty well. Um, uh, experiencing symptoms of withdrawal when abstaining from alcohol or using alcohol or other another substance to reduce or prevent withdrawal. Yeah, so this is a pretty common one too. It's, uh, you know, you can definitely, you know, I remember when I first got off of alcohol or when I first got off of marijuana, I started using alcohol a lot more. And then when I got off of alcohol, it was really, it, it was, it was, it wasn't that hard, but it was it was awkward, you know, all of a sudden my social anxiety started coming back in, in full force. All of a sudden, you know, I started judging myself a lot more every time I go, I go on, I went out to like social situations and all that kind of stuff. So um, 
yeah, let me keep going down here because we're running out of time here. Uh, having problems following responsibilities at home, work, or school due to regular drinking. So yeah, drinking and smoking were actually one of the big reasons why I left uh, I left ac- uh, academia, dropped out of school. Um, you know, I was just drinking and smoking too much, and you know, because there were a lot of problems, right? It was it, th- those were like the symptoms, and the you know, if I had to think what the diagnosis would be, it would just be major depression. It was just I just couldn't. I couldn't see what I was doing with my life as important. And it just, you know, college wasn't really something that I wanted to do. You know, be, just being real here, it just, um, you know, I learned a lot. Don't get me wrong, but, and I don't regret that. But at the same time, it's just not, you know, it just wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, continued use of alcohol in situations where it physically, it's physically hazardous, e, uh, you know, e.g. Uh, driving example would be driving. Yeah, exactly. That was one thing mine too is, you know, I just wanted to be on that roller coaster ride and not knowing if I was going to show up the next day to home was exciting to me. Um, tolerance, more alcohol is needed to achieve intoxication or other desired effects. Yes, exactly. That's main one that happened to me and continue drinking even when knowing that it is likely causing or worsening a physical or psychological problem. Exactly right. You drink even though you are on antidepressants or even though you're because as we all know, alcohol is an anti, uh, antidepressant. No, I should not say <laughs> alcohol is a natural depressant. So it's basically going to counteract your antidepressants. So you have to be very careful with that and, you know, talk to your doctor about that and you know, get that all settled up. But we're running out of time here, guys. As I said, um, all these articles will be in the description uh, box down below. And um, yeah, as usual, guys, you guys can check out our uh, my link tree in the description box down below if you want to check out all things casual. And you guys are more than welcome to email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com if you guys have any questions or topics uh, that you'd like me to cover. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>